the center of the universe. At the border between the light and the dark stands Castle Grayskull. For countless ages, the heroes of Grayskull have defended the universe against the forces of evil. Walk through the Hall of Living Pictures and learn the history and mystery of the masters of the universe. Dive deep into the mythology of Eternia, Etheria, and more. For those who know the stories of Grayskull will come the power. The power to be supreme. The power to be all-knowing. The power to be... Legends of Grayskull. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 6 of Legends of Grayskull. The fan podcast, where we discuss the history, the mystery, the magic, and the mythology of He-Man, She-Ra, Eternia, Etheria, Primus, Nordor, New Adventures, Classic Adventures, Vintage, Filmation, Golden Books, Ladybird Books, UK Annuals, Kid Stuff Records, and maybe even some Classics Bios. I'm Matthew Bios! I'm Sean Skavarna. He's Sean Skavarna. <laughs> He's Matthew the... Dooch. <laughs> it was the it was the outro last week. It's the intro this week. I'm out. No. Uh, uh, I'm in. It's we we got past the point of five. We're throwing everything out the window. We're, Let's just we're, do it. We're throwing it because I, I keep trying to push it every time. Get a little bit longer. And, uh, I'm Matthew Dooch. That's Sean Skavarna over there. Uh, Sean, how we doing today? <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing. That's good stuff, but then you had me perplexed, and there's a good reason for that on the show today. Absolutely. So, yeah, late night thinking. Let's just put it that way. We got, so. we got some discussion here, and we got some stuff for you guys to think about, too, at home. Um, but we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, so, first thing I want to do is uh, last week we had episode five and a half. It was our second part of the Classics toy line discussion. I did make a mistake, and I would like to apologize and correct myself. So uh, we talked about mix and match, which was an April Fool's joke. Um, but I wrongly stated that it was one of Maddie Collector's April Fool jokes, and it was not. It was actually David Clark who runs adultcollector.org. Um, very nice guy, and he, he's chimed in on some of our stuff, the premiere of episode 5.0. Uh, he's also a co-host on Sean's other podcast, Council of the First Ones. Uh, yep. That is actually, Mix and Match is a character that David made up uh, for his adult collector page. And he did such a good job of it that, and it was originally shared in 2013, Um and he did such a good job of it with the fake Pixel Dan video. The like I put up there the whole order page for Mix and Match that I wrongly remembered it as a Maddie Collector one when it was in fact David's own thing. So I just wanted to <laughs> clarify that because I hate the misinformation getting out there. Um, yep. So that Mix and Match is fully David's. And David, that just shows what a great job you did on it because looking back on it, I remember it, at, you know, because of such a the good job he did, I remembered as Maddie Collector. So. Definitely. And also it was cool that he put that online last week when we were working on that episode. Yeah. So it all tied it, it was like perfect storm of let's bring back some of the the good favorites with the figures and then also, right. hey, here's this funny thing that came up and it turns out now we have the behind the scenes on it. So that's pretty cool. Exactly. 
So, uh, and I, I want to thank everybody. Uh, last week, episode five and five and a half, uh, there were some of our top episodes. I really want to thank all you listeners. Uh, there's too many to list by name, but you know who you are. Everyone who has joined the Facebook page, who has listened to us on, on YouTube or Podbean or Spotify or iTunes. Um, <laughs> and, and everybody that's watched and subscribed on YouTube, really, this means a lot to us. Um, we started off with this just to have some fun um, and to get people talking about some stories and stuff that a lot of people don't talk about. Uh, and it's been great to all the all the feedback we've gotten has been positive and great. And keep it coming, guys. We we sincerely appreciate it. Yeah, and, and it's also cool with the feedback and everything, seeing how well those did so far. That's making us look at our format too and say, okay, the response was great with that, so let's add a little bit of more of that for more more of us geeking out, but also more fan interaction because. That's pretty cool that we get to talk to you guys. Absolutely. So with that said, let's jump in to the hot topic of the week. And it is not really a a show or a book, but we feel it needs to be discussed. Um, And that would be, uh, they have recently revealed the cast list for Masters of the Universe Revelation, a Netflix original anime series. Um, And... And basically, the entire internet has resounded with joy for the most part. Um, yeah, that—that's the biggest thing. Before we even talk about the cast list here, and we're not going to go in depth. We're not going to. We're not going to probably hit every cast member or anything. Um, but we'll discuss it a little bit here. Obviously, it's brought to you by that man there, Kevin Smith. Uh, and he's—he's he's, once again he's show running it, um, and he's writing some episodes. Excuse me. So, uh, yeah, basically, that, that's the thing that surprised me, and I want to get that out of the way right away. It was probably, I would say, 98% of all the feedback I've seen has been positive. And that, mm-hmm. in this day and age of the internet, is absolutely astounding. I I don't even, honestly, I don't even remember 2000X coming being announced to this much positivity. I mean, it mm-hmm. was, there was a lot of people happy with 2000X, but there were still a lot of people who weren't happy with it, Sean being one of them when it was announced and when it first premiered. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so that that's the main thing I want to highlight is just how great the fan community has been about this list that's come out. Yeah, it, I saw in a couple groups this weekend there were people that were actually saying this is the first time in probably at least a decade or more where the fan community is almost united in our excitement for something rather than tearing it down or, or talking negatively about it. There's an aspect of this cast list one way or the other that even if you might not like certain parts, there's certain parts that I'm sure is going to make you go, well, I got to see this right. or I got to hear this or whatever. So it's like uh, when he when he was saying that they were putting the cast together Mm-hmm. And when they were going to announce it, he said it was going to be like, we aren't worthy, right. basically. Like, I, I can't remember the exact wording that Kevin Smith used in his, mm-hmm. I think it was a tweet or something. But when we got to see this, it was Friday afternoon, if I remember right. Man, I yeah. I was, I, it was like Christmas to be able to see this and go, holy crap, this is legitimately now. We have something to look forward to besides a poster, you right. know. 
Yeah, so this is the that's first, yeah. This is the first solid news to come out, and I'm glad you reminded me about that because I meant to, I meant to look up uh, that actual tweet that he did, because basically from from that tweet, uh, basically from that tweet, we knew Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill were going to be in it. Like I forget yes. exactly what he tweeted, but he tweeted something something that. Uh, that made that made everyone pretty much go okay. Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill are going to be in it, um, mm-hmm. and they are. And I think that's the biggest thing. That's the last thing I'll say before I switch over to the cast list. Um, there's a lot of well-known actors and a lot of well-known voice actors on here, and that's the biggest thing for me. Is even if some of these guys are famous for like one thing. Um, the majority of them have done a lot of work and a lot of voiceover work over the years. Mm-hmm. So that's my biggest thing. Even if the character they're known for isn't necessarily, like, the voice we're going for, these guys are professionals. They did yeah. not just grab some yahoos off the street or even really, for the most part, grab just big names just to have big names. These are guys who have worked in the industry and have done voiceover work. Mm-hmm. So let me go ahead and switch. So here is the actual, how they actually announce it, This or how I saw it at least. This is from the Masters of the Universe official Facebook page. Um, and they just they put this out there on Facebook. That's where I first saw it. I don't know about Sean. Yeah. I, I It was posted on one of the groups, and I just went crazy. Yeah. So, and so <laughs> let, me go, let me go ahead and read through it here. I'm going to read it off my phone because it's a little easier. Ah, yep. uh, okay, so we have Mark Hamill as Skeletor, Lena Headey as Evil Lynn, Chris Wood as Prince Adam and He-Man, Sarah Michelle Gellar will be Tila, Leah, excuse me, Liam Cunningham as Man-at-Arms, Stephen Root as Cringer, Diedrich Bader as King Randor and Trapjaw, uh, Griffin Newman as Orko, Tiffany Smith as Andra, Henry Rollins as Triclops, Alan Oppenheimer as Mossman, Susan Eisenberg as Sorceress, Alicia Silverstone as Queen Marlena, Justin Long as Rubato, Jason Mewes as Stinkor, Phil Lamar as Hero, Tony Todd as Scareglow, Cree Summer as Priestess, Kevin Michael Richardson as Beastman, Kevin Conroy as Merman, and Harley Quinn Smith as Eilina. So, and, you know, so that's basically their announcement, and that's most likely their their main role. But I gotta assume most of these guys will probably be playing uh, multiple roles, as is pretty standard for voice actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... I mean that that is a hell of a one-two punch of a cast list Absolutely. for me, um, and and like some of the names in there, I wouldn't have ever expected them to even be associated. It's it's like the Kevin Smith thing. I never thought he would be a name attached to Masters of the Universe, and now it's like now we have Justin Long as Roboto, yeah. Stephen Root as Cringer, like you were saying. Like uh, I think the majority of the community expected to hear Mark Hamill Skeletor at this point, once yeah. they found out about that tweet that was Mark Hamill. And, you know, that's one that for, for me, I think is a great lightning rod casting 
because with the Star Wars uh, movies ending, him him you know mm-hmm. leaving the Luke Skywalker role, it might bring in other people than the typical Masters fans right. because they want to hear him do another thing with his career possibly. Um, and, and plus, I mean, his Joker is. Yeah. You know the Joker to a he, lot of fans. He, he is. He is. He's my Joker. If I'm reading a comic book or just thinking about the Joker, it is Mark Hamill's voice. He. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some people will go Jack Nicholson, but for me, it's it's Mark Hamill. He is my default Joker. That is that was the most impact on my childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and I gotta imagine that his Skeletor is gonna be rooted in the same, uh, the same kind of level as his Joker. Which is fine as long as he still takes a it takes a moment to make it distinctly Skeletor and not just Joker Part Two, you know. Yeah, and I, likewise, I'm hoping for the same thing because I, and and I think he's a good enough actor to know I can't just do Joker again here. I need to do something that will define this character as its own. But it is a voice actor, and the thing is, mm-hmm. voice actors always have that tendency. There are certain inflections or certain. Right tones they're going to work in there where you're going to hear yeah that's mark hamill though you know it's like just like brian dobson right 2000x hang on but there was hang on a very much brian dobson you were breaking up there looks like skype lost us for a minute there all right i think we're good okay all right that's weird Uh, definitely skype not not the recording Stupid Skype. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I think we're good now. So you you were cutting All out right. about Brian Dobson. Uh, uh, so basically, you know, 2000X, Brian Dobson as Skeletor. There was the Alan Oppenheimer. I almost call it an homage to Alan Oppenheimer because there was a little bit of the filmation there, but it was a little more sinister and it was a little more harder edged. And, you know, like I... I, I don't want to see Hamill recreating what Oppenheimer did either. I, I'm curious to see his take on this yeah, this the, time around. And the thing is, um, I know everyone knows him as a Joker, but he's done a lot more voiceover work for that than just Joker. I mean, he mm-hmm. I'm looking here. I've got a little bit. He, he was he was in while well, he was in Star Wars, the Clone Wars. He was in Avatar. He's done some voice work on regular show. Um uh, Adventure Time he was on. So he's, mm-hmm. he, he's yeah, that, I was surprised about that one too. Um, and that just highlights, I'm sure there's more. But, and that's the thing, that's the thing that we got to remember. Same as uh, Kevin Smith headlining the show, running the show, does not mean it's going to be Snoochie Boochies and, you know, Mechanek and Manny Faces getting high outside of Castle Grayskull, you know. That, yeah, that we got. Everyone's got to remember that. And and Kevin Smith, it's it's funny because that first PowerCon panel where he where he announced this show, that was one of the first things he said. He promised the fans that this was not going to be Jay and Silent Bob Eternia edition, because Kevin's done a lot more work than just that. He's done comic book runs. He did uh, Green Arrow and Daredevil, if I'm correct. He did runs on both of those. Mm-hmm. He um, did. Yep. Yeah. He's done movies outside of the Jay and Silent Bob, the View Askew universe. Um, so that's what we got to remember at the end of the day is these these are actors, and this is a showrunner. That, that doesn't mean that they're going to, 
forever change the tone of Masters. If anything, after hearing Kevin talk about this and how passionate he was about Batman growing up and everything else, all his other comic properties he loves, I feel very confident in this show that it's in the right hands. Yeah, and I, I mean, that's... I think that's what weighs me down and wears me down about some of the the opinions on this show is, uh, you know, most people just think when they hear Kevin Smith, they they think automatically Clerks, mm-hmm. Jay and Silent Bob, Mallrats. But he's done movies like Chasing Amy. He's done movies like Red State. He's yeah. like you said, he he rebooted Daredevil. But for Marvel back in the day, he did Green Arrow. He rebooted Green Arrow, yep. actually, back in the the 2000s, if I remember right, or the late 90s. Somewhere around there. And, yeah, somewhere yeah. around there. And he, he's done work with Black Cat on Spider-Man and stuff like that. He even had a – he was an executive producer on the show Reaper for uh, yeah, I, the CW years ago. That is a great show. If, no, if anyone, it is a great show. If anyone's never seen that, God, that, that only lasted one – was it one season or two? I think two seasons and sh- the premise – It was short. It was cut yes. way too short. That thing, That thing was amazing. Yeah, it it was it was like a fun adventure comedy every week, yeah. you know, and there there was no drug references, there was no snoochy boochies, there was none of that stuff. It was just here's this story of this kid dealing with a situation every week and it made there was more humor in it, but it still worked. Right. And it's like, you know, when he's on these projects for Marvel and DC, He's not infusing anything of himself in this because he's like, I get to play with these characters the way that I would love to play with them. Right. So in that way, it's, you know, he, he went at all these things legit and seriously. Like if you read Daredevil, it's Daredevil. It's not going to be, oh, it's Matt, Matt Murdock getting stoned all the time right. or whatever. And so, you know, th- that's one of those things where every time I hear it, I'm like, yeah. It isn't that way. And Mattel wouldn't put him on a show like right. this to reboot the brand or, or carry on the brand if he didn't have something to bring to the table creatively other than that, yeah. you know? And, and that's so and we got to remember that, too. At the end of the day, Mattel in the form of Rob David and Netflix in the form of I always forget this guy's name, Teddy. Ted, uh, Ted Biaselli. Thank you, Sean. I, I it took me a minute. I needed that first name, and then I could just say. Well, because yeah. whenever because I've listened to, to Kevin Smith, uh, I listen to his podcast once in a while, and he'll always just call him Teddy, and that's why yeah. that's why it's hard for me to remember <laughs> his last name. So Rob David, Ted Biaselli, they're both big Masters fans, even before they worked for Mattel and Netflix, respectively. Ted was at the first PowerCon long before, I think. If I remember right, he didn't even work for Netflix then, or if he did, he had no sort of power like he has now. Um, Mm -hmm. So these guys have been Masters fans even predating their employment that allows them to work on Masters. So so to think that they're going to just stand by as as it gets turned into a Thundercats roar type of thing where it completely changes the tone of the show, Mm -hmm. I just, I I don't, there's no part of my body that thinks that's going to happen. Well, from that teaser poster, even if they go Thundercats roar with this, I'm just going to sit there and be completely dumbfounded because that thing is like Kevin Smith's word about everything is metal. Everything's metal. And it's like that poster is freaking metal. That poster is like the best of filmation mixed with the way that I've always wanted to see Masters. Mm -hmm. So um, there's an element of don't let me down now, but I'm also like I'm very, very excited now that this cast list comes out to, to go. So far, each step along the way, 
you've given me a little more to keep getting excited for this. Yep, exactly. Um, I will point out really quick, for the ones that I said kind of huh to, um, and maybe other people were with me, uh, Alicia Silverstone. I think she was probably the biggest like, huh, really. Um, <laughs> and probably, probably followed by Diedrich Bader, even though, and I talked to you a little bit about this, Sean, uh, basically because I'm sitting here going, well, they're not old enough for King Randor and Queen Marlena. Like, yeah, yeah, we had that talk. Because, <laughs> because to me, and, but as I was talking to Sean about it, I talked myself out of it because I'm sitting here going, well, Alicia Silverstone, she, she's Batgirl, she's Cher, she's, you know, she's from Blast of Pass. Like, I had a huge crush on her growing up. Um, so she, and I think we looked it up, and she's actually only, she's like two years older than you, right, Sean? Was that? She's, so, yeah, she's 43, yeah. I'm 41. I know, and I just she, I just outed you there, but. I'm, uh, hey, I've, I've admitted it, but yeah, her birthday is really, really close to mine, so she'll so, be 44 this year. So, so as we're talking about, we're talking to Sean, and I'm looking this up, I'm going, well, you know, because my first thing is, because they're, because they're, to me, they're our age. You know, grew up with the Drew Carey show and Oswald. You grew up with Alicia Silverstone being a teenager in movies as mm-hmm. we're teenagers. And so you're like, well, there are, there are age. They can't be King Randor and Queen Marlena. But then I'm stopping to think, I'm like, well, we kind of are King Randor and Queen Marlena now. Yes. Um, I'm King Randor, Sean <laughs> there, he's Queen Marlena. Uh, sure. If anybody wants to draw that, please do not oh, send dear. it to anybody. <laughs> But uh, no, I, I'd make you the badass fighting Marlena from uh, 2000X. You'd have you'd have the, yeah, that the works. gear and everything. I can at least fight Tongue Lasher to a stand, <laughs> exactly. so I'm good to go. <laughs> um, but yeah, as we're talking about, it's like and, and like my oldest is 12. Sean's oldest is eight, so mm-hmm. it's not out of the realm of possibility. Like it's not that far off. And and no. And I don't know, I, I have not seen, I think Alicia has done voiceover work, but I haven't seen any of it. Diedrich Bader's done a ton of it. Uh, he was yeah. the most famous as Batman in the Brave and the Bold series. Mm-hmm. Um, and he reprised it for this new Harley Quinn series that's out. He's Batman in that again. Um, and he's done a bunch of other things here and there. So here again, even though the name at first I'm kind of like, huh, he's done a lot of work. So yeah. And I think the thing is with some of these actors, especially the two of them, there's the stigma of they came from comedies. Right. From the like we knew them from the first the first I ever remember Alicia Silverstone is from the Aerosmith videos back in the day. And that was like, you know, me as a teenage boy watching those, it's like I'd like to know her, but she'd kick my butt, right. you know, that. And and so and then she did Clueless. And then it's like. Okay, you know, it's a whole mind mess up there. And Diedrich Bader from Drew Carey and stuff, it's like, and then Office Space. I mean, yeah. hey, check out Channel 33 or whatever, you know, that whole thing and stuff. And it's like, um, but if you, if you watched uh, Brave and the Bold, he plays a legit straight Batman. He's right. not trying to play it for laughs. It's more like he's, he's doing a Kevin Conroy for the 1960s Batman. Right. And that was the point and of, in that way. That yeah, was the point of that show is it was supposed to be a, a, the, the sixties type of Batman, the more lighthearted. Yeah. So it is a little more whimsical and I'm sure that's turning yeah. people off because brave and the bold was, but, but it was serious whimsical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they didn't go, they, they did the typical 1960s kind of tongue in cheek attempts, but he played it straight. Mm-hmm. He wasn't trying to turn it into a farce. Right. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where you know, it, it, 
I don't know. The, his his voice is that worked for me to go, you know, I'm not hearing him as Diedrich Bader anymore. I'm hearing him as like Batman, right. you know, or whatever. So I'm I'm happy to do that again here and go, okay, that's that's our King Randor now or whatever. Yeah, and Trap Joe. That's that's and Trap interesting Joe. too. Um Yeah, and that's and here again that highlights the theme. It's um uh like if this was the live action movie cast list, I'd be up in arms. <laughs> well, because I don't like Diedrich Bader even made up like he he would never look like King Randor. Alicia Silverstone, no, I couldn't buy agreed. her in, in costume live action as Queen Marlena. Yeah. But as voice acting, it opens up the door to so many more possibilities. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Uh so Chris Wood, Prince Adam and He-Man. This is funny because I know who he is, but I didn't know the name. Uh, this he played on Supergirl for a number of seasons as Monel, uh, the Daxamite who was Supergirl's love interest for quite a while on there. Um, I liked him as Monel. Uh, I guess his voice could work as Prince Adam. Uh, I'll have to hear. He's definitely gonna have to drop it, or they're gonna have to do some modulation for He Man. But uh, it's it, and for the most of these, I'll end up saying the same thing. I've got to see <laughs> a character design. And some animation. Yeah. Um, I'm the same way. <laughs> but yeah, I don't. I don't have any big problem with him. You know, I had to look him up because uh, he, out of all this cast, I think he's the one where I, I was like, he's unquantifiable to me. And I looked up some clips from Supergirl and stuff. And I mean, honestly, it, he has. It, I, I hate to say this, but he has like a stereotypical leading man tone. Yeah. In that way. And, and it's like listening to him. You I think the thing about his casting more than anyone else's is I don't want to know who he is. I want to just hear Prince Adam and He-Man when I hear it in the in the show. So in that way, there is a certain amount of, well, when I hear it, that's going to now be the voice that I hear is the new He-Man and, you know, and all this going forward. So, you know, I kind of like that they didn't pick somebody that would have been, oh, well, it's this actor, and now I'm going to think this actor is playing right. He-Man instead of it just being He-Man, you know? So, But I am very nervous about the I Have the Power. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. 2000X. We always are. I've had that whole big talk about it on the beginning episode. You know, it's like when Cam Clark does the, by the power of Skull, yeah. that's fine. And then a minute that I Have the Power part, it's like, and then now that you said the whole, well, that's the song, that's the melody, <laughs> and now I can't not hear I, that. I, I but in this case, him. it's like if this is supposed to be representative of the vintage going forward, I'm really hoping they can recapture some of that genre when in this to have the I have the power be like that primal scream or primal yell he does right. when he's turning into He Man versus you know the the I have the power. It's like, no, it's not. Let's get ready to rumble. It's, <laughs> I have the power, so let's do it. Yeah. Show us that, Chris Wood. I'll be I'll thrilled. Do. And I'm I'm looking up here, and he has only done uh, live action here. I just looked up his filmography. Okay, so this will be his first voice acting work. Well, that's a heck of a first voice acting credit yeah. to your name, especially. <laughs> but at, at, well, at the same time, though. Um, I mean, obviously, they, they had to have auditioned him. There's no way that sure. any of these guys were just cast. Um, 
Jason Mewes, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> he's the only one that I'm going to throw under okay, the well, bus I'll and put, say, I think he's got connections. I'll put Harley Quinn <laughs> Smith in there, too. Then, well, then, okay, probably. I'll give you and, – and I'll even throw you uh, Justin Long, possibly, but he has credits beyond a Kevin Smith yeah. at this point. So. Um, but I guess my point is that might actually work in his favor as Prince Adam and He-Man – because, like we're saying with Mark Hamill, well, I hope it's not too jokery. Like we don't have a baseline for Chris Wood. Exactly. So yeah. if he can do two, not really distinct, because there's shades of Adam and He Man and vice versa. But if he can do two good, solid voices, um, that probably is best for Prince mm-hmm. Adam He Man. So, um, but yeah, he's the most unquantifiable. I will say the one that made me go the most surprising to me was uh uh kevin conroy as merman i thought for sure he was going to be man at arms i yeah um and i thought he'd do that older batman voice basically as a basis that you hear in batman beyond uh you know the older bruce wayne uh because he does do an older character an older wise character very well and so when when i knew kevin conroy was going to be in it that's where my mind went was man at arms but I'm interested. But once again, he's a man who's done a ton of voice work beyond Batman Bruce Wayne. So that'll be interesting to hear how he plays Merman. Yeah, it's it's kind of the equivalent of what I've said with the live action movie. We have Noah Centennial being He-Man from what we know, at least. Yeah. And there's nobody around him yet. So it, it, to me, it's the you know, you're bolstering the cast by having these people that are entrenched in voice acting all around the Chris Wood, he man in this case. And it's like, they're bringing what we know to the table. But like I said, and, and you just said it, Chris Wood doesn't have any voice credits to his list at this point. So it's like, you know, these guys are all bolstering him. So in the lead, then he's going to be able to, you know, hopefully shine even better. Kevin Conroy, though, he was never somebody I would have picked for something like Merman. So I'm very curious what they're going to have the voice sound like even on this show. Right. Um, We'll see. (laughs) Yeah, that's all we can do. Uh, Yeah, Sarah Michelle Gellar, that was a surprise. But, I mean, I think she'll do an adequate job. Mm -hmm. Um, And there were a few. I know. Let's see if you know them. Because I didn't look up everybody on here. And there are a few that. Uh, uh, I didn't know. So do you know, well, you knew Kevin Michael Richardson because you talked mm-hmm. about that a little bit. Um, yeah, Joker from the Batman. And then he was also Panthro on the 2010 Thundercats. That's right. And I'm trying to think, he, he's a guy that's really good with the baritone deep voices. So I can hear Beastman sure. having like that very low range kind of guttural sound with him doing it. If that's the way they go. And I, I think that's perfect. Yeah. I wouldn't have a problem yeah, once, with him at all. Once you told me that that was Panther, I'm like, Oh, okay. That, that's there fine. you go. <laughs> um, uh, Henry Rollins. That's one that everyone seems excited about. And I have no idea who that is. And I have not looked him up yet. Do you know Henry Rollins? I, playing uh, I, I know him from just like the Rollins band and stuff like that back in the nineties. And to be honest, that was not in the genre I was listening to. I was, I was little, I was not as into that genre as other genres in the nineties with the, 
alternative movement, but I think they've they've said he's actually done voice acting on Avatar, if I remember right. And uh, like his casting and Kevin Conroy's makes me kind of curious, and even Lena Headey, they they all make me go. So this is going to be possibly a more legit, serious take on masters with some of these guys, because I don't really see Henry Rollins wanting to be a joke version of Triclops. Right. I don't see Lena Headey is wanting to have, you know, like a light role as, um, evil Lynn or whatever. It was, uh, it was the legend of Korra. Uh, oh, legend of Korra, Rollins okay. was on, which is another show I've never watched. That's a great show. I just didn't realize that was him on that um, show. He was, Sorry, guys. Uh, Zaheer. It's been a while since I watched it, so I'm going to be admitting I'm not was, sure who that was anymore. He was, was pretty anymore. far down the cast list, so I doubt it was anything uh, anything huge. You know, it mm. looks like probably a sub-character, maybe even one that was only in a, se- you know, a season or something. Uh, Lena Headey, that's another one you mentioned. I have no idea who that is. So, uh, 300. Do you ever see that one? Oh, yeah. She was the queen. Oh, okay. Okay. And she's been in a ton of different things. Uh, like, uh, yeah, like, uh, I, I know, uh, obvious, the one that most people go to is Game of Thrones. I'm one of the few people out of society who's never sat through a single episode of Game of Thrones, so I'll be completely honest. Really. But I've seen her in other things, and it makes me go, like, you know, she's not somebody that I look at as, like, a comedic person or whatever, and that makes me just... You know, oh, like, I think she's going to bring a seriousness to this, probably, you know, and a, and a you know, like a villainous take on okay, it. Okay, she, so. she was Queen Cersei, so, okay. Yes. See, and this, yeah. is, this mm-hmm. is me. This is my problem, guys. I don't probably, everyone's screaming at me right now, like, you, how do you not know her? And that's the thing. I know these actors a lot of times, but I don't remember their, their names, uh, you know. Mm. Uh, if you say a character, <laughs> I can usually get them, but... But as far as the names, like I watched all Game of Thrones, but I could not have told you that she played Cersei. So, gotcha. Um, but yeah, no, that's that. That'll be nice. Um, uh, Phil Lamar, he's another one I wanted to highlight. Not only because he's in it, and I have a feeling that he's gonna play a ton of people, you know, background characters and stuff, because that's what he always does. Um, yeah, he he's an amazing voice actor. He he is up there. I mean, he's done. He's done Futurama, Static Shock, Justice League, um, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Like, he has been in just about... If you've watched an animated series in the the past 20 years, there's a 90% chance that Phil Lamar has a role in it. Maybe not a starring role, but something. And a lot of times, you won't realize it's him. He has that... He's one of the last, you know... Like the Frank Welkers, the Alan Oppenheimers, and all that, they they have they played all these different characters so well, and that's Phil Lamar. Um, like on Futurama, he played Hermes. On uh, Justice League, he was Green Lantern, the John Stewart. You know, mm-hmm. like he's got a range. So yeah, you put and he was on Brave and the Bold and uh, Young Justice, even yeah. too. I mean, so. he, he's been he's been mm-hmm. in everything. Um, yeah. So I, I not only is he going to be hero. Which we're going to see Hero, and I'm hoping that's cool. I'm hoping that that's Hero, the most powerful wizard in the universe, and not son of Adam uh, Dare version. But I'm I'm assuming it's the most powerful wizard. 
Well, he'd have a two behind his name then. Yeah, well, I was, <laughs> and that's what leads me to believe that. But someone did throw that out as, well, how are we sure it's not there? And it's like, well, we can't really be at this point. So I, I did want to yeah, I did want to put that out there. Um, he said seeing Scareglow, and I guess Tony Todd is a big horror actor. Um, I'm out of most of the list. I think he's the one that is the most unifying person they've cast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it, I, I personally, I can hear it already the way that he'd probably do the delivery in that, and it works for a character like that, especially so. I mean, I couldn't pick a better voice casting for Scareglow than him, and that's awesome yeah. that they went and there. That, and that's what I'm hearing. I don't. I have not seen any of his movies, so that's just me bringing down the conversation here. <laughs> oh well, he's he's got that deep, gravelly voice going on. He's got, oh, it's just he's got the sinisterness to him when he wants to do it, and it's uh it works. Yeah. So and there's a, there's a couple on here. There's a couple of characters on here that are surprising. Most notably to me, uh, Eilina, who was a one-off character in Filmation that was Tila's friend in A Friend in Need, who got hooked on the magic potions. Uh, good episode. We will cover that one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's interesting. Um, that there. So so once again here, they've even if these aren't the biggest Masters fans writing this. They've done some research. They're digging into the characters and the worlds and the stories that have come before. Uh, Priestess, that is, that's a completely, I I don't know. I don't even have a guess as to if that's going to be a completely new character, if that's going to be a red herring. My one thought is maybe, and they cast her as a different voice actor, but maybe that's going to be an evil Lynn disguise as part of a plot, but I, I honestly have no idea. But the fact that it's mentioned enough to get a actress and a credit in this initial cast list leads me to believe that they're going to be some sort of a tie-in. But I, I have a feeling it's going to be a character that will turn out to be somebody else. That's just my thought. Possibly. I mean, it, they, she was on Voltron. Uh, uh, she Isaac was Hagar on there. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, or, uh, no, no, no. Susan Eisenberg was Sorceress. Oh, no, she's think, Sorceress. Right? You're right. Yeah, uh, Cree Summer. She was uh, Hagar on there, and okay. I know she's done some. I think she also did like the Atlantis uh, Disney movie and stuff like that. So, it's like she's she's got. Uh, I mean that that movie came out in the late nineties, early two thousands too. So that, she's she's been under, a, that's an underappreciated Disney movie. If you haven't agreed, seen, if you haven't seen Atlantis, and I'm going to throw it out there, not tangenting more than this, Treasure Planet. Atlantis and Treasure Planet. Those are the two 90s yep. Disney movies that do not get any respect, and they're amazing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I agree. Um, but, but yeah, like, I'm curious to see. that. The thing is, and, and uh, it, we went into this with this mentality. We're not trying yeah. to go into it saying this is the story they're going to tell because this person is cast or because of this character. We're just looking at it from a broad strokes idea because we don't want to be the ones going – Oh, we hope it does this. We hope it does that. Yeah. Because at this point, it's all like this, you know, it's like a blank slate for right. us to go, well, what is going to be uh, this show other than that through line they talked about at PowerCon? And that, but yeah, the the priestess one, I think that could be something where, you know, like you said, she might change. I don't know. Maybe it's something they couldn't use the rights to the to another no, name. Maybe. Who knows? And I know I went a little further, but I wanted to point that one out because... It's it's an unknown. 
Um, I went mm-hmm. a little further. I, I didn't want to go deep into story mode. That's just sure. where my mind goes, naturally. Uh, the last one I'm going to point out, uh, before we get to the red herring in the room, the elephant in the room, the shadow beast in the room, is uh, <laughs> is Stephen Root as Cringer. Um, I was actually going to do that, too, so that's good. <laughs> and, and, that, and here again, I had to look up Stephen Root. Like, when I read Stephen Root as Cringer, I had no idea. Um but then I looked him up. And I'm like, oh, Jimmy James. It's, uh, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, I forget his name from Dodgeball, but he was a trainer in that too, if yep. I'm not mistaken. Um, office space. Yeah, he was in office space. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you stole my stapler. You stole and my once he, you know what? I can hear him as Cringer already. And, and yes. Battle Cat, I can see him doing a more ferocious battle. I think he'll be just fine. But the biggest thing is, and no one's talking about this, Cringer talks. We have confirmation. <laughs> Cringer and Battlecat will talk. They cast a guy. Yeah. Well, here's that, the question. That is, that is big for me. I know Sean's probably going to take me no, down. Now, I, but no, no, I, no, no, I no. am happy. Now, I'm still good with 2000X, and I think it's mm-hmm. perfectly valid not to have him talk, but my preferred Cringer speaks, and, and we're getting that here, and I'm ecstatic for that, and no one's talking about it. <laughs> Well, I mean, uh, the way I look at it is with with the angle they took on, okay, this is going to be the vintage stories mm-hmm. going further. Well, then he's going to. I, I never for once believed he wasn't going to talk on this show. Him being the voice in particular makes me just go like, I'm going to love hearing him talk yeah. then because I like that actor. He's mm-hmm. fun. Um the big question, though, out of that is there's no Battle Cat listed. So is Battle Cat, you know, like that's that's yeah. the big, is Battle Cat going to talk then, or is it just going to be Cringer talking, and then when he's Battle Cat, it's all just roaring and growling and stuff. Yeah, yeah you're, so, you are yeah. right. We have to say that. It, it only says Cringer there. Um, I, I got to believe that both will talk uh, until we hear otherwise. But now you have me worried again. I hey, it's just something like I see Cringer and I'm like, yeah. all right, I have no problem with that because, like I said, it's continuing what we already knew. But there's no Battle Cat list, and it's like, okay, would they just have Cringer as the encompassing name, or the other person that I, on on this list that I'd throw out there is the Kevin Michael Richardson to do Battle Cat because he would be a it's freaking ferocious too. Battle Cat. If that's possible as well, and maybe they haven't decided yet. Maybe that's why they left Battle Cat off the list. Yeah, maybe he will talk, but you're like you're saying, maybe Stephen can't quite get it up, up into that range. I have no worries about him doing a Cringer voice. Yeah, um, yeah, his Cringer is going to be fun, I think. But yeah, I can't really think of anything he's taken too ferocious, so that's possible as well, or just an oversight. But they did spell out Adam and He Man, and they didn't spell out Cringer and Battle Cat. So we'll just mm-hmm. have to wait and see. Um. So, uh, unless there's anybody else you want to highlight before we get to the obvious one that I was saving for last. I, we got the scare glow. That, I'm just <laughs> thrilled that we're getting him in any form whatsoever because for the longest time, he's just this, uh, you know, he's a toy, basically. And he's he's in a mini comic or two. And that's, you know, it, finally some of these guys like Hero and scare glow are getting the love. So, that's right. pretty cool. All right. So, we will talk now. About Alan Oppenheimer as Mossman, because this is the one, and I think most people have understood this. Um, obviously, Alan is famous for Skeletor, Man-at-Arms, 
uh, and ver- many, many others in the original Filmation series. Um, and here he is cast as Mossman, who I did double check. He did not do Mossman in the Filmation series. He did a lot, but he didn't do Mossman. Um, but he did a lot of the main stars, the every episode kind of guys. And I know there has been a portion of the fan base saying, well, why isn't he one of these characters that he did in the 80s? And basically, to me, it's and, and I've seen other people post this too, it's, it's pretty simple. It, the, I mean, Alan's in his 90s. He's... His voice, he's done some Skeletor voices uh, for some different things in recent years. But, I mean, it's off. It's not quite there. And, honestly, I just don't think he can handle the the full-time role, that starring role. Because I know even people have said, well, why can't he be Man-at-Arms, you know, instead of, instead of like, a Skeletor? Man-at-Arms is a pretty human, normal voice. Um, I'm just going to assume, I think it's safe to assume that he he either doesn't want to or can't handle a starring role anymore where you're going to be in that booth for, you know, 10, 12 hours a day recording. For me, like, they had that, um, they had that petition online and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And I, that turned me off. Yeah. And it's not an issue of me not liking filmation. It's not an issue of me not liking what I had as a kid. The thing to me at this point of my fandom is we need to, we, we have to be able to move forward from what we had as children, because otherwise, how are we going to have other people get invested in this stuff? So you have these name actors, especially the game of Thrones seems to be almost like the, the, the short way of saying this could be how a He-Man story works or something, yeah. you know, in that, in that way, maybe not obviously as dark as game of Thrones, but in the epic mm-hmm. fantasy storytelling way and stuff. So the fact that they brought in character or they brought in actors who are from that, who could bring some gravatas to this. And it's like, um, you look at, you look at other, um, you look at movies and you look at TV shows, like for instance, on Supergirl, so we went there with Chris Wood. Supergirl had uh, Dean Cain and Helen Slater playing Kara's mo- adoptive mother and father. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in that way, it's like here's these two people who have acted as both Superman and Supergirl, yep. but they're in these roles where they show up every now and then, and the show is dedicated to the new right. cast, and this is the story they're telling. So in that way, I'm completely fine with the idea – it's great to have them back. I'm mm-hmm. never going to say Alan Oppenheimer should not do something with Masters. But mm-hmm. let people who are able to do these things, and also his age, yeah. he's 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 up there in age. I wouldn't force somebody in their 90s to keep doing yeah. a role they did 30, almost 40 years ago that is going to be difficult for them at this point right. of their life. Um, so – him being there is almost like he's a steward of the old, right. the the vintage that we loved, and I like. It makes me curious how they're going to present Moss Man because right. that makes me say, okay, I almost think he could be like a sage, yep. elder kind of a character. Then that maybe he'll be someone He Man goes to for help, mm-hmm. and, and and that and, and he'll be somebody that Im- imbues some wisdom on him or something in that way, and that makes me go, I kind of dig that for that character you know Absolutely. and it, it it's it's 
it's great to have them along. I'm never going to say that, that, that they did the wrong thing, but I'm also like, you know, there are actors out there who could handle this kind of a, you know, schedule and stuff and they're not up there in age. And the guy already did amazing in the past. Yep. It's great that he's willing to let other actors come in and, and, and be the shepherds of this now and, and do their thing with it and to create something new for us. And I agree. That's exactly what it needs. It's time. For, it's, it's time for a new generation. I love to see, you know, I'm glad Alan's there. I'm glad he's on the voice cast. Uh, you know, if Melindy wants to get in here, uh, I know it'll never happen, but if John Irwin wanted to jump on and do a voice here or there, I would love to hear that. And that's, Likewise, that's yeah. great. But no, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see Melendi as Shira again. I, you know, and that's no slight to her. I don't want to see Alan as Skeletor. I don't want to see John Irwin as He-Man. Um, I, I just, it's, you know, the, the age factor, the time factor. And, you know, that's one of the things that made 2000X great, in my opinion, is that they honored the past, but it's a new story. Um, yes. There's you know, homages. If, if, if anything, we should be upset that we're not getting Brian Dobson as Skeletor. I mean, because that cause 2000 X was only you know 17 years ago, six, 18 yep. years ago. Um, yeah, and that would be nice to see. And maybe we will, because obviously this is just the star cast list. That's not all the people. That's not all the characters we're going to see. Sure. That, I mean, you can't tell me that's all the heroic wars. That's all the evil wars we're going to see in this. It's it's not. Um, these are just their main ones. So hopefully, you know, hopefully we will see maybe a Brian Dobson down the road, a Cam Clark mm-hmm. cameo, Cam cameo, Cam cameo down the road. <laughs> um, I would love it. I love anybody, anybody who wants to be a part of it. I say, let them, but yes, I, I, I like this cast list and I think I'll end it with, 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 uh, with something else me and Sean talked about is everyone and everyone keeps saying, it. I just saw, I just saw, it, uh, yesterday too. Um, one of the, you know, all the news outlets are picking this up and, and running it. And uh, one of them, the headline was, uh, fil- it was something like, Filmation He-Man Continues. And that's something, I said this to Sean too, because when we were talking about privately, he went right there too, like, continuation of Filmation. But if we recall, what Kevin Smith said when he announced it is it's a continuation of the classic era. So I want everyone to just kind of remember that. They they never said this is going to be Filmation Part 2. They said this is going to be the classic era Part 2. As Mm -hmm. in, we're not going back, we're not retelling everything that happened in the 80s, but this is built off the stuff that happens in the 80s. Like Sean said at the beginning, you look at that artwork, it's Filmation Castle Grayskull with, with the dark Alcala background. Like, yeah, and that's what I think this series is going to be. It's not going to be straight filmation. It's not going to be straight vintage toy line box art, but it's going to kind of be a, a continuation of that whole era. As in, we're not going to go back and retell everything, but just assume most likely that the big events in the '80s happened in this timeline. Sure, that's what it means to me. And at this point, I'm like each little step that they've done has like. Okay, they announced this is going to happen, and they showed the poster. That had me just going like, that wasn't what I expected. Right. I didn't expect them to even do a series, and then I didn't expect the art to look that way. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then with the cast list coming out now, now it's yet one more step on the way to me getting more excited yeah. because it's like, look at some of the names on this list. And then now, Kevin Smith... 
if you put out that trailer, yeah. I'll be hook, line, and sinker for this thing because <laughs> it's like you got two. That'll be my third one. If you can do a trailer that really makes me just drop my jaw to the floor and I'm just sitting there needing to rewatch it like 20 times yeah. just to see all the cool stuff I'm getting to see for those little moments here. Oh my god! Like I'm, I'm actually pumped, and I wasn't quite as pumped as I am now, just knowing this cast list is available. Yeah, finally, same here. The announcement didn't do much. I mean, it, it was exciting, but the, now seeing that it's because there's still a part of you, especially with the movie being in limbo for 20 plus years now. Uh, there's always a part of you that's kind of like, well, is it going to happen? So for them to, <laughs> we've been we've been burned enough. We yeah, before <laughs> that have amounted to nothing. Yeah. So with this actual cast list, uh, I assume next will probably be some character designs because those have to be about finalized because they've said that they've recorded episodes already, which means scripts are approved. Uh, they're recording the dialogue, so they have to be starting animation about now. I would assume. At least, and that's kind of why I'm a little surprised we haven't seen any character designs quite yet. I figured yeah. that would have already been in the pipeline. And they would have already been put, you know, putting things right. out there. But maybe they were waiting on the cast list, and then they're going to start unveiling that stuff pretty soon. But I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm beyond cautiously optimistic. Just yeah. to go, this is enough for me to say I'm really interested. And then once I see either designs or a trailer, yeah, I mean, absolutely, Chris Wood, please just get that. I have the power <laughs> stuff down. That's all. I, I mean, yeah. Is the one thing that has me just like, oh my god! If you get that, then you got a happy camper on your hands with me watching this thing. Absolutely. So. All right. Well, I think that wraps up our cast list. So now we're going to move on. We are yep. going to get to some literature here. Uh, we knew the cast list would take up some time, so we went for something a little shorter. I don't think we'll have too much discussion on this, but it's going to lead to a pretty cool discussion. So <laughs> and homework. <laughs> so uh real quick here uh danielle galerta uh and eric marshall uh they took over the classics bios uh basically when super seven took over the classic toy line license and because that last like wave or so that manny collector did after scott left the brand uh they didn't do bios on those they were just the card backs um then super seven took them they wanted to get back to the bios and so Danielle and Eric were hired. Uh, they also worked on the wonderful, uh, among many other, but the World Character Guide and World Compendium. Um, Danielle's on Roast Google Dinner. They've done a ton of stuff over the years. Too much yep. to name. We'd be here an hour just naming all the work they've done. Mm -hmm. um, but the other thing they've been doing is they've been doing bios for stuff that either landed in that time when, they, when Maddie Collector wasn't doing the bios or... Uh, like for objects or time periods, they've been and they've been releasing these uh, just on HeMan.org uh, as part of their Masters Mondays. So every Monday they release a new bio. Yep. This one came out back in December. This is for Space Ace, the Stellar Starman, who is the the space armor that came with the Vicron character uh, in the Classics toy line. Um. Basically, Vicron was the the name given to the original Mattel concept for He-Man. Um, mm -hmm. And when Mark Taylor and everybody originally presented it to Mattel, they had three versions. They had a barbarian version, which became the He-Man we know and love. 
um, but still with some differences in that original one. Uh, what they later named Space Ace, which is this one. He's got a very futuristic armor and literally, at the time, a Boba Fett helmet as a helmet that they repainted. Yeah. Uh, and then Tank Top, who was a military vehicle-themed man. And all those were sculpted on top of big gym figures uh, that Mattel mm-hmm. was famous for. The funny thing is, really quick yeah. before we get into this, is just... I think it was yesterday or the day before I actually was listening to the episode of Roast Google Dinner where uh, Toy Guru was on going over the Vicron bio. Yeah. And I I know people have their issues with the bios and stuff depending on how their canon works in their head and what they love. But the one thing that Pixel Dan and I, I get – I laugh my ass off too with this is – Vicron's bio is amazing. <laughs> it's like tying it in with space. It's the fact that they actually said, Oh, he was this gladiator. He went up against Gygor yeah. or Jigor and Jigor just rips him in half. It's like, you don't see that every day no. in masters. So the fact that it went there, it, it's like, and then, and then now we're doing this. It's just like, I, I could not bring it up that, you know, that's, that's just, amazing yeah. i actually have them near each other on my shelves for the <laughs> fact that that's amazing to me <laughs> no, yeah, that, and that was a very controversial bio as well um and i got my own thoughts about concept characters actually having a bio but whatever it's done it's done uh, but, i still want them to keep that because that's amazing <laughs> yeah and it's and it's still here but basically what they went and did is basically there was the one bio for vicron and he came with all three outfits uh, so what Danielle and Eric did, and I believe that this one was written by Danielle because I know they switch off. I'm I'm 99% sure Danielle wrote Space Ace here. Um, they made they made the space armor, and they did one for Tank Top too. Uh, he's mm-hmm. he's got his own bio too, which you can check out, and I'll put down in the description uh, the link to all of those. Um, but let me. All right, so here we have Space Ace, the stellar star man. Blissfully unaware of his own arrogance, young Tristram literally stumbled upon advanced jetpack armor near Mount Eternia. Scarcely knowing how to use the gear, he dubbed himself Space Ace, boasting that he was unstoppable. (laughs) Space Ace entered the arena of Lord Cholo, challenged Vicron, and was instantly defeated, losing his armor in the contest. Even decades later, the aged Tristram reassured fellow tavern patrons that he let Vicaran win. During this time, the magical being Wook grew bored of testing He-Man and turned his attention to Tristram. Wook made the heroic warriors disappear and restored Tristram's youth and armor. Telling him that he was Eternia's champion, Wook decided Space Ace needed noble warrior allies and conjured up the understandably confused Chef Allen... Crackers the Clown, and Relay the Mansheen Puppy. <laughs> Annoyed over being saddled with losers, Space Ace nevertheless relied very heavily on their assistance when Plundor invaded Eternia. The unlikely heroes somehow managed to defeat the Leperine villain, and a delighted Wook returned everything to normal. Only Space Ace and Relay retained memories of these strange happenings, although Wook left Space Ace with his youth and armor. So, Sean, just just your initial thoughts, just uh, off that bio. Well, when you had me look at this last night to prepare yeah. for uh, today, 
uh, you're like, there's a reason I want you to read this. And I'm reading it going, what the hell are you thinking? Like, you know, <laughs> I, I was, it's like, you know, it's very Lubbock. Like, what the hell is that? You know, yeah. like, I, I, I read it. And to, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Right, I kind of want to see how Chef Allen actually managed to help in a battle, you know? <laughs> um, And that's, and that's the thing. It's a, and this is what the bio should have been all along. Just these fun little adventures talking about the character. So here they nail it perfectly. They talk about why Vicron has a space ace armor. They talk about space ace. I love the character that they describe here. He reminds me very much of like a booster gold type of guy. Like, you know, uh-huh. for those of you who don't know booster gold, he's a DC character. He stole uh, a, a suit out of, he's from the future and he stole like this advanced suit and he went back in time. Um, and he's very, but he, so he feels very cocky, very full of himself, but he really doesn't know how to use the suit that he's yep. got. Um, and I love that. Like, like I want to see this. I, 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 I want to see this as a series. Yeah. Um, Wook, I, I, let me get back to it. And the first thing I did, because I read this shortly before I got the character guide and world compendium, and the first thing I did was look up Wook. And he is a guy from the Italian Magic Boy comment, comics. Or magazine, sorry. Italian... Magic Boy Magazines. Um, A bizarre and mischievous character, Wook delighted in testing He-Man's intelligence as well as his patience. He generally attempted to confound He-Man with puzzles and games. He's his Mr. Mixius Pitlick. Yep. He once once hid the power sword and made He-Man solve a complicated puzzle in order to get it back. Wook displayed an infinite array of magical powers. He could also become incorporeal, levitate, and make objects disappear and reappear at will. So she took Mm. an obscure character and worked him in perfectly into a storyline. And let me see if I can get the picture of him up here. I should have scanned this and put it in. He's right down here. Hopefully that's lining up nicely. This one right here. Okay. So he's just like like a little... little, He's uh, like an imp kind of a character. Yeah, that's a power sword next to him. So he's a little small, but just this little magic man. Uh-huh. And, uh... Or it makes me think of Kazoo from the Flintstones. Hey, dum-dum. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's got that that sort yeah, of vibe, so he, you know? he comes, he's bored with He-Man, and he just creates this whole thing just to mess with Space Ace. Mm-hmm. Um, but they ended up winning, you know? And she works Plundor in there, which I'm a big Plundor fan. <laughs> um, so it feels like she wrote this for me. Yeah, um, it does. I, I thought that when I saw Plundor. I'm like, this is why you're making me read it. It's Plundor. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... But yeah, it's a fun little... I'd watch it. I, I would watch this episode, or if it was like a three-issue comic or whatever. Like, this is just fun. It hits some of these fan-favorite characters or the fan-hated characters, and, like, it, it gets your imagination going. Well, one, one thing real quick. The, yeah. In uh, Justice League Unlimited, mm-hmm. this, this reminds me of this a bit. There's an episode uh, where the Justice League are trying to fight a big threat. Yeah. And Booster, you brought him up, so this is what yep. reminded me. Booster Gold is on crowd control, mm-hmm. and the whole episode is Booster Gold dealing yep. with everything going on. While every now and then you have these moments where, like, Superman will fly pot by him or something, and mm-hmm. then he he like flies off to go back into the battle, or Batman will tell him to do something or whatever. Yep. Then he's off and running again. So this is that thing. It's like this is the story that goes between the cracks of something, and it turns into this like. This is crazy, but awesome. Yeah. You know, like you wouldn't have expected this character to have 
that sort of a story to tell around them. But when you see it, you're like, this is one of the coolest ideas that, you know, and that's, that's what happened here for me. It's like, I, I'm like, what is this? (laughs) That's a great episode of justice league too. I should have looked up which episode that, yeah. Cause they're fighting that wizard character and like, it's a big threat, but you don't, and booster gold deals with everything except for that. Yes. Like he's on, he's on crowd control. And, uh, this he has to deliver a baby at one point and yeah. all sorts of craziness. Uh, and, and, and he meets a girl, he saves a girl and meets her. And at the end, he's like, I'm, who does he keep? They keep saying he looks like somebody else. He's like, I am not so-and-so. And the girl's like, I know. At the yeah. end, finally. <laughs> I haven't seen that episode in a long time. Same here. It's been forever, but that, that is oh, one of the standout. The gr- I think it's the greatest story. Yeah. The greatest story never, told. never told. That's right. Yep. That, that this is the master's equivalent of that. There you go. Uh, uh, more Drew was who they were, who they were, who they were fighting. Um, uh, uh, Green Lantern. They keep saying I'm not Green, Green Lantern. Lantern. That, no. Thank you. I, that was going to drive me nuts today too. But yeah, and so I mean, okay. First off, wonderful bio, Daniel. Awesome. This is what it should have been the whole time. But mm-hmm. the funny thing is, like I told Sean after he read it, and and the Booster Gold episode that fits right into what we're about to talk about. Because what I said is, I've had this idea rolling around in my head for a long time, even before this bio came out. And when this bio came out, I said, well, here's Danielle's answer to my question that I've never posed to anybody else before Sean yesterday. So basically, imagine a world that will hopefully happen soon. We're going to say He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, that's a monthly comic series. It's doing amazing. The show's doing amazing. The toy lines are bestsellers. We have this monthly comic where... It's He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. It's doing so well, DC comes to us, and they go, okay, we need a spinoff. We we need money. We need to buy Superman another pair of tights. So, (laughs) you need to come up with this spinoff comic. It's going to follow a team of three heroic warriors on their adventures. Uh, Of course, the limitations are the monthly comic's still going to be ongoing. So you cannot use any of the A-list characters because they'll be tied up in the A-comic, the A-storyline. Vice versa, whoever you take for your team will not be appearing in that A-comic book, the He-Man comic book. So we're going to have our own B-squad of masters. So that's that's the question I pose to Sean. Who's your B-squad, and if, if... and if you feel like it, like, what's their first adventure? What's, you know, and not necessarily brass tacks, but just kind of your broad story idea for them. Um, and I'm going to switch back to, to us now. So, Sean. Oh, I'm going your, first. Oh, who's, boy. Who is your, and I will say, just to say, I thought about this for, for months on end. Sean, I only gave him less than 24 hours. <laughs> I got 12 so, hours, I think, at, at most. And I was up till about 2 in the morning. So let, let's see if I can pull this one out of here. Hopefully not just for this. but <laughs> No, no, I had, I had work. But on top of that, it's like I also was putting in some time on this. Um, so, all right. So I, I did come up with a vague story idea. And uh, the the characters I chose um, – now, I'm going to be honest. I don't know if it's going to line up with the characters exactly because I'm just throwing in sure. these are the ones that I would like to see doing more. Absolutely. Um, so 
okay, the sorceress has the call out saying there's there's danger. Something's going on again. Mm-hmm. And she ends up reaching out to Zodak. And he ends up saying there's too many other things going on in the world. I can't police this, but mm-hmm. take Wondar. Okay. So you got Wondar. Okay. The reason that she's calling out for help, though, is... And, and you got to know I'm going to go here. <laughs> <laughs> you got to know. Shakodi. Okay. I okay. have a feeling. Yep. Here, here's the thing that I like, and you know how I am about Masters. We've covered this with a few episodes. The whole, the entire planet is at stake here. Sure. Well, with He-Man not being a part of whatever's happening, and this is its own separate thing, He-Man's dealing with whatever Skeletor and the bigger storyline is. This storyline is... Shakodi has managed to reach Scareglow. Okay. She wants to bring about the eternal darkness. Absolutely. And she wants to use a character who is going to want that idea as well. Sure. Who better than Scareglow? Right. Because he will thrive in that and everyone will fear him. Yeah, he'll never lose so, his power. Yep. Exactly. So the whole concept is... Scareglow and Ninjor, because I like that pairing of them in the um, search for Keldor. Sure. When I saw that recently reading it to my kids, I'm like, oh, my God, this is cool. I forgot that the two of them showed up in that uh, mini comic. And that's the only time we get to see them really doing that kind of stuff that I could think of. So I'm like, I want to see more of that. So what we have is Scareglow would almost be like the mask character to try to get Shakodi full-blown again to mm-hmm. have her revive ninjor would be his muscle and right. the two of them right. do their own thing and we would also introduce a bat-like glow-in-the-dark kind of a vehicle uh not vehicle but a, a mount for Scareglow. because okay. i've been thinking about this for a while and we have the griffin but we don't have a lot of other winged beasts that are like legit to a character and i would love to see either skeletor or scareglow have like a bat like demon looking thing that they fly around on um so you have shakodi who wants to be brought back again Mm -hmm. mask is no longer there because of what happened in filmation and sorceress knows this is happening wandar is on board and we're going to get clamp champ in there Okay, okay. Because Clamp Champ went up against Ninjor. He he did pretty well with that. Plus, he's an underdeveloped character as far as I'm concerned. Right. And then the only other character that I'm having trouble with is figuring out that final one. And it honestly is a toss-up for me between Manny Faces okay. or Fisto. Because, I, like, Fisto, I kind of like the idea that he would be the... The, you know, down and dirty, yeah. I don't believe in magic, I'm just going to punch the crap out of whatever comes at me. Sure. But Manny Faces is like a one-man army because he has three options. Mm-hmm. And you have this big event happening, you might need all the help you can get. But I honestly think I would go maybe more Fisto just for the fact that I like that yep. that you have a Clamp Champ kind of being the, the royal um, – he, he's bodyguard. part of the whole royal guard, the bodyguard. So yep. he'd have this kind of a regimented way of dealing with things, oh. probably. Fisto would kind of be your rough and tumble guy. Yep. And I think Wondar would be your loose cannon guy because I, I still equate him as Han Solo to the He Man Luke Skywalker. So, like, the 
if, if they come at me, I'm either going to blast them or, or slice them. I don't care what one it is. We're going to get through this, you know, and oh, yeah. the three of them guy rate, they're raiding the house of Shakoti while mm-hmm. Scareglow and Ninjor and everything that Scareglow can throw at them now. Cause I think he would be a bigger threat at this point if the, all the darkness was encompassing Eternia. I like so it. that would be my story arc. No, yeah, that's oh, less than twelve hours of thinking. There you go. <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. I'm tired. I need a nap. <laughs> <laughs> nope you you get you got the concept completely. That's exactly. Uh, yeah, no, I like that. That is that's good. I would watch it. I would I would buy that every month. Um, yeah, and you get. I like that you thought about the group dynamics because that was my big thing too. Was was I said to Sean? I said you know. Try and think of something that would that would that would sell, and by that I meant you know exactly that. Like you thought of Wondar's this guy in the group, uh, Fisto's this guy. You know, this is how they'd work as a team. Um, mm-hmm. as, as opposed to like, because when I first started thinking about it, I just threw like my favorites in there. Um, but then like when I when I actually started thinking about it, it's like, well, that wouldn't make for a very good group dynamic. Um, but yeah, no, I like that. I like that. I would watch that. Buy that. Read it. Um, so mine, what I came up with is we got, um, I didn't start out as direct. What I did is um, we're taking Rock on. He's my first one who's, in the U.S., he was, he got, he got quite a bit of use, but not as much mm-hmm. as your first tier characters, you know. But he got probably the most use out of those later wave uh, figures. Um, so Rakan, he gets a call uh, from his planet, his home planet, that they need help. Um, so he goes to, to King Randor and a uh, man in arms, and he's, you know, uh, he tells them, uh, well, actually, I guess, well, Stonedar would get the call, and he's he can't go because he's helping, you know, he's the leader of the rock people that have come to Eternia. <sighs> So he, he delegates it to Rakan. So they go to King Randor. Man at Arms uh, helps uh, build him a ship uh, because he wants to send along Malaktha to, <laughs> to. So we have we have equivalent. We have here. equivalent, yeah. but yeah. and Malaktha wasn't in this version for a long time. But he and I and I'll explain why after I get the basic premise of the story down. So Malakta wants to go along because he wants to study the rock people in their natural environment because he's the historian, he's the archaeologist, he wants to know more. Yeah. So he's going to join him. So Man-at-Arms either builds a spaceship or they have a spaceship capable of getting them there. Um, and then they go ahead and they, they send along uh, Cyclone to help protect Malakta and to uh, pilot the ship. Because I have always equated... And here I'm kind of blending some things. Um, because Cyclone, to me, it's a little bit of the 2000X where he seemed very wise, very mature, almost even sage-like at times. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then, like, the radar chest just always made me feel that he would be, even though he can fly himself, that he would be a good pilot and navigator. Like, he belongs... He's always seemed very cosmic to me. Um, so he would go along basically as the pilot and... and just to ha- just to help as well, because um, mm-hmm. they're not sure exactly what's going on. They didn't get a full transmission, uh, and so they get they those three go and they travel. They travel to the to the planet of the rock people, 
uh, and they find out that uh, the game master from Filmation has been to the planet and he's he's abducted their best warriors to fight mm-hmm. in his cosmic games. He's got like the biggest event he's ever put on and he's jumping through this whole planet system and just stealing a ton of warriors. Um, and you can either set this, you can set this as the first appearance of the Game Master, or you can set it as what happened with He-Man in the Filmation episode already happened. Either either way works for this. Um, mm-hmm. But so they find this out, and then from there the series is basically uh, them catching up to the Game Master and freeing the the captured people of the different planets. Um and I just, I, I like that because it'd be a very nice monthly series jumping from planet to planet until they finally catch up with him and have their showdown. Um, you know, and the Game Master, he's got plenty of warriors that do his bidding. Um, you know, uh, just there's a lot of story potential there. They can jump around to different planets. We can visit Phantos. You know, uh, we could visit, uh, I forget the planet, but uh, uh, but where, what, where Plundor and Gleedle were from. I'm feeling really bad that I can't remember that planet. Um, and and it takes them out of the main storyline completely to where you're not going, well, why doesn't He-Man help? I mean, there's plenty you can mm-hmm. do with the, where they stay on Eternia, and there can be reasons why He-Man doesn't help. But taking them yeah. out of there completely, um, and basically why, like I said, why I grouped the ones that I did was Rakan, he's always been played as that young guy who will be leader someday, but he's not quite there. And so, like, mm-hmm. he's that brash guy who's going to rush into everything head first and probably get them into more trouble than they would have yep. gotten into otherwise. Uh, for Malaktha here, I'm going to say he is a decent hand-to-hand fighter. I'm not going to make him completely useless. So he can hold his own. But he's not. He's obviously not as high-powered as Rakan or Cyclone. He doesn't have powers. He's more like King mm-hmm. Randor, where he's, you know... He was probably a soldier in his youth, and he yeah. knows how to fight, but it's it's basic stuff. But he's he's the wise guy. He's your man at arms. He's your your cup if you like Transformers the movie. He's he knows things. He knows history, and he's the voice of reason. Where he's going, Rock on. We can't, you know, don't do that. And then Rock on goes and does it anyways. And he's like, oh, we got to pick up the mess now. I just I yeah. I think that would make a good dynamic as well as. And then Cyclone, he's like the middleman. He's like. He's like trying to get them both to get along and and he's he's got enough powers that would be useful in space. Um and like I said, he would be the he would be the pilot guy. So mm-hmm. and just watching them them grow up, rock on mature. Um and even then I was gonna make and, and uh, I was gonna make and I never bat- buttoned this one down. But the game master in setting up these games would be serving another purpose. And that would go on once they finally defeat the game master. Uh, instead of heading, they well, you could do it either way, uh, depending on how long the comic series would go. You could have it them defeat the game master. It's a limited series, and that's it. We can head back to Eternia, um, or it could lead to something else, you know. And they could keep yeah. traveling. So mm-hmm. that's what I had. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had more time to think about it, but that, yeah, I like I like your idea that each issue would cover a certain this or that, you know, so you'd have at least six to 12 issues that you would have the ability to fill those with something solid, something relevant and, and stuff. Um, the thing you, you said what I always thought about that though, which is funny because 
um, when they introduced Rock On and Stonedar, it was close to when Transformers the movie yeah. came out when I was a kid. So I'm watching Transformers the movie. I come home and I'm like, well, that's my hot rod and cup right there. <laughs> you know, for th- that's my He-Man version because wow. I always equated Rock On to be yep. the more brash like hot rod and then Stonedar being – I mean he looked like Cup for Christ's sake in yeah. his face and everything. And it's like, you know, I, I just – I like that interplay with them where the one would be like, you know, turbo riding young punk, yeah. I'll straighten you out yet. And the other one, you know, doing his own thing and getting them into trouble worse and worse. But, yeah, and, and then Malakta would be your Ba Weep Grana Weep Nenny Bond guy <laughs> out of the group because he'd be the one that, it, well, the universal greeting, you know, or right. whatever. <laughs> well, he's the guy, as we're jumping from these worlds, he knows enough so that it's not like, he's your exposition guy. He's the one who's like filling them in on the backstories of these planets. That way you're not bogged down in a bunch of fish out of water stuff necessarily where they've got to learn every new culture. Um, Mm -hmm. You can have them catch up at points and think that they're going to win there. And then, I mean, there's an element to him where I almost want to see it a little like um, Indiana Jones's father. Yeah. In the last crusade where, where like, you know, something will go down and rock on and cyclone handle it. He's like, look at what you did. I can't believe what you just did. But then by the end of it, he's the one that's actually getting in there and getting his hands dirty too. Cause he's like, well, if I don't help out, our lives are on the line no matter what. So he's like, you know, throwing down with everybody else too. I I even can picture it. uh, Like I said, I'm a broad strokes kind of guy. You get me into like details and actually playing this out and I probably could never do it. But it would also be uh, kind of like at the end there when they finally confront the game master. And I assume it would get all the way to these big games that he's he's putting together. Like they're no matter how close they get, they're not going to stop him beforehand. But like um, they're 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 pinned down. They're at the end of the rope, whatever. And you have like all these people show up that they helped along the way. There to, you go to help do you know. You had some Fantonians, and you know, uh, if you if you go to uh, uh, Dridal, I think was the planet. You know, Gleedle shows up with some of her yep. animals and stuff, and like the storm, the castle moment, which I know, I know it's been done. I know I'm being derivative of so yeah, many but... things here, but you know what? If if written right, we've talked about this before too. If written right, derivative can be fine as long as you make it your own, because all these stereotypes have been done. Like you said, I mean, we could just think of three different pairings right there of this mentor-mentee relationship. Um, yeah. But, you know, and, and, and in a way, and it's funny because I didn't make this connection because I saw the series after I came up with this, but the Mandalorian uh, that's out right now, that very much follows that process. Like, he's jumping from planet to planet in these different adventures, but there's still that overarching storyline that's going on throughout the season, and that's... You know, and it's not the only thing we've seen in, but just talk about it now. I'm like, huh, that's that kind of reminds me of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm one of those people that I'm a sucker for moments like that anyway, though, because yeah. like, I mean, what was one of the greatest moments of 2019 in the movies? Yeah. On yeah. your left, yep. you know, and and just like the swell of that music yep. when when every portal's opening and Cap just looks at Thanos and it's like, this is my second win. Right. You're going down, you know? And, and it's like, you know, who doesn't want their heroes to have that moment where all bets, you know, the chips are down. Yep. 
everything's gone to hell and all of a sudden you have that like second wind of like we're about to do something great yeah we might die but we're gonna do something great yep, before yep. we do it you know yeah it's 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 luke skywalker in the trench with one missile left and you know yes han solo swooping in that when i yeah i can still remember the feeling when i first saw that as a kid like yeah I'm just, I'm just, I don't know how, I, what's he going to do, you know? And then also I can remember the swelling in my heart, like, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, <laughs> even, even like, uh, the one that I've been going back to lately, a lot for some reason is Transformers, the movie, oh, because yeah. I've been, it, there's a lot of retrospectives about that movie on YouTube lately. And, you know, I, I have always been a sucker for, you have this hero that is rough around the edges, maybe too brash for his own good, but deep down he has a good heart. And it's like, you know, that movie, I've said this to you in private, but that movie kind of set the standard for change for me because at, at seven years old, I'm sitting there in the theater and I'm watching this event that I never ever would have equated to this Mm -hmm. universe with Unicron destroying a planet and the blood red that the screens bathed in to let you know, this is like nothing you've seen on this mythology, on this show. This is its own thing. And when you're sitting there going, how's Optimus Prime going to beat that? Yeah. He doesn't. He, doesn't. he, dies. he dies. And you're right like, holy crap. <laughs> you know, well, and, and, and then it's like, you know, I love that throughout the movie. Well, now what are they going to do? And even they say it. And by the time that you get the hero rising at the end, mm-hmm. it's like, that's the moment where it, you could take what you, take or leave what you like about that, but that yeah. moment, and that's the thing. It's like Endgame. Yeah. It's that moment, and here you could do those those moments, and yeah. you're you're giving a nice spotlight on characters that haven't had a chance to really like Cyclone. Out of all of them, is probably the the yeah. one that I'd say has the most fleshed out through 2000 X. Mm-hmm more than anything so like rock on that'd be cool enough as it right. is because i always thought he was pretty cool so why not yeah. you know <laughs> malacta he was in a few episodes but he's pretty much forgotten nowadays by most maybe not forgotten but he doesn't get brought up a lot and i think yeah. i think by making him a former soldier and making him able to hold his own in, in a regular battle like that would help him as well yep. being wise uh for yours yeah i'd say fisto is probably your most fleshed out um yeah, because the uh, Clamp Champ's only in mini comics, yeah. and Wondar hasn't really done much of anything. No. That's kind of why I like, you know, it's like, well, what will they do? Mm-hmm. And and then like I was, I you know, people, I'm sure people, I'm going to get crap for this, but there, there's a part of me that's like, okay, He Man has the power sword, but Wondar, if you go by the classics canon, uh, he he held the power sword at points. He was a like one of the people that was a custodian of it, and there's a part of me that. I have my own little set of figures off to the side over here mm-hmm. where Clamp Champ's wearing the uh, Flying Fist's He-Man armor. Okay. So there's a part of me that wants to do that moment in here where He-Man doesn't die, but He-Man's not there. Mm-hmm. So maybe like one dart through having the sword somehow, like maybe he still has his version of the sword. Like the sorceress gave it to them as like, you're going to need all the help you can get sure. in this, you know, or whatever. So she's giving them something. And maybe he ends up wounded or whatever, and Clamp Champ's the one during the battle that picks it up to get a weapon, and boom, you have, like, because he's supposed to be really, 
like power level wise, just on his own, Clamp Champ is supposed to be a pretty decent force to be reckoned with. So it's like, let's push it to the point where if Eternia is in that dire of need, right. that guy gets a moment. That would be like his Arise Rodimus Prime moment. Like <laughs> all of it, like Fisto's down for the count for a bit. Wondar's yeah. maybe wounded to the point where, you know, he's just there shooting things, yeah. but he can't really do anything. And then that's when Clamp Champ grabs the sword and you get like a, a new person actually saying by the power of Grayskull for the first time. Right. And it's just like when uh, Rodimus Prime shows up in Transformers the movie and says, Autobots, transform and roll out. It's like, that used to be Prime's <laughs> line, you know, but but in this moment, works, you know, it's like Absolutely. we need help, you know, and. So that that's yeah. that's just my little geekdom about it. Like I'd love to see Clamp Champ have a bit of more of a spotlight because the poor guy, he just had that one mm-hmm. issue <laughs> as far as I remember, and it's yeah, like for us and I think for there's us a wealth in the US, there. He did, yep. So yeah, and yeah. the funny thing is, uh, for the longest time, I mean, I've gone through a number of different teams that went on, but the basic journey, uh, the story was the same. But I've had different things, different characters plugged in. And for the longest time, I had Fisto instead of Melactha, um, because I view him as, like, second strongest to He-Man, and mm-hmm. he was there as the muscle. But then the more I thought about the story, the more I thought, well, we need that wise character more than we need the muscle here. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it just it's, this is the stuff my mind thinks about. I know Sean's the same way. We just think about... You know, and tying it back into Revelation, we just think about where these stories can go, what other stories can be told. And it's funny because I love that episode, but I didn't think of it until you brought it up. But the greatest story never told, Justice League Unlimited. It plays right into this, too. It's it's what are these other guys doing while He-Man mm-hmm. saving Eternia or the universe? Like, you know, what? who's who's saving the day-to-day? Who's dealing with the day-to-day stuff, the little stuff, the, you know? yeah. Um, and, and there's some fun stories I, in there. Mm-hmm. There are. And I think the only thing that I didn't do that was almost a prerequisite for how that bio was written and for how you did yeah. it, and this is because it was me just – this is what makes – you said when, when we talked about it, you said pick characters that would interest you. And yeah. so those are the ones that interest me. But there is a part of me going, you know, what if there was just here's, – here's Ram Man mm-hmm. – Here's Oracle and here's Cringer. <laughs> what do you got? Right. You know? and it's like I know they did certain ones like that even on the filmation series and stuff. But if you take it to right. the 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 greatest story never told, but what if there was something where it was just there's Ram Man in the situation that's so not in right. his depth, and then Cringer and Orca are trying to like help him through this or whatever. That would also work too. But I, I looked at it more right. from a, I want to be able to let these characters that don't get a chance to shine exactly. shine in one way or another. Cause you know, wonder is a huge question yeah. mark now basically. And so you bring up another good thing because like to me, if you're doing like Rain man, Orko cringer, that would have to be a one shot. Like something yeah. that could take yeah. place. Like this happened on this day. Whereas what yeah. I was looking for was more like, like assuming it's going to be a series, like give these characters a real chance to shine and actually have, well then I did it right. Um, but that's, <laughs> that I did that's, it right because that's more. But that's yeah. a good one too. And like Sean and I talked about, we're going to make this a regular thing where we pose these questions to each other. So we, we can do that at some point too. Like, okay, you've got, um, you know what we should do at some point? We'll, we'll do this for the next one. <laughs> You're already set. We will, Here we, go. we will pick three characters 
and a villain. No, we won't. No, we won't pick it up. We'll do three characters, three heroes, and I'll give you three characters, and you give me three characters, and you come up with that one shot story for the characters that you are given. Oh, oh boy! <laughs> that'll, that'll be our that'll be our next one. I li- I like this. Oh man! And I won't yeah, go, I okay. won't go easy on you, Skavarna, either. No, I don't think you will. I and mean, that's the thing. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm actually going okay. Three heroes. Let's let's think of it. All right. I got one already I can think of that I'm like, I, I actually might have included him in this. And then the more I thought about it with with just the yeah. Shakoti angle, I'm like, no, nah, I don't see this working that well. It would it would be yeah. weird. So that's why I went with who I want with there. Yeah. So. so that'll be the next one. So, but for you listeners out there, we're asking you, what's what's your story arc? So the same, the same guidelines here, like what we just did, uh, pick three characters to be your master's b team and if you at least that i'd at least like to see people tell us like who's your b squad who do they call in when he-man's not available or you know Mm -hmm. when the chips are down or or it's not a big enough threat for he-man but it still needs some some heroic help um if you guys would like to take it as far as we did where you come up with a villain or like a story arc feel free to go for it um, either, yeah. either comment down below here, um, and let us know what you're thinking or head over to our legends of gray school Facebook page and make a post there. Um, cause I'd, I'd love to discuss this with everybody. Um, tell us, yeah. tell us what you think about ours too. Um, whether, you, whether you'd subscribe to it or not, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I'm very curious to see what people come up with if they answer this. Yes. Cause, uh, I'm hoping they do. this, this really this this taxed me last night just going like i need it to be something like yeah. the I, I will say the hardest part for me was the villain yeah and i went to shakoti only because i like these world catastrophic events sure the one of the villains i actually almost went to and i still think he might be fun to be in there somewhere in the mix is actually count mars yeah yep, i could see that the only reason i like that is in the history episode of 2000x Evil Lynn recruits him to bring Hordak back, and he's just like, hell no, I'm not doing this. <laughs> but she makes him do right. it, and I thought that would be kind of fun to go, here's this character that maybe he'll join the ranks of the good guys for a while because he's like, this can't happen. Yeah. Like, you know, so there's there's like some story elements there where it's like, can they trust him? Yeah. Maybe he's fighting with them against a common foe, you know, and it, it, there's elements there too. But the main guys are the ones that I already listed. So, but but Marzo was definitely one of the people that kept crossing my mind last night. Yeah, I so. mean it's great. I lo- I love these thought provoking questions. I like the things. That, <laughs> like Sean after I messaged him last night, there was a long pause. Like I messaged him, <laughs> and there was like nothing for a while, like radio silence. And then I think the first thing he said, because uh, we'll trade voice messages back back and forth. I think I, if I recall correctly, the first part of that was. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all I said back to you at first. Like Maybe interesting, you know, but then I said something along the lines of I'm gonna be up until yeah. sunrise trying to think of this stuff. And that's and that's exactly the reason I am like, okay, this is a good question here because it's got it's got I could tell it's got Sean's gears turning already. Um yep. so yeah, so we'll do that one now. We're gonna make this a regular thing, so probably probably next month we'll come back. Uh so we'll get a little time come up with three perfect characters for Sean 
And uh, <laughs> that'll be our next one. I'll let you guys start thinking about it a little early, too. Um, this will be our only episode this week for time constraints, but we'll be back next week, hopefully, with, with a double dose. Um, Sean, anything else we got? No, that's honestly, uh, we, we hit all the high points that I was hoping to hit, so I'm happy. All right. How about you? Nope, I'm good. So uh, we'll good. just leave it. Check out, uh, like, share, and subscribe if you're enjoying this. Yep. Join our Facebook uh, group page so you're always up to date. And I know Sean's been doing some lives on there and stuff, so there's a little bit more info from us on there. <laughs> yeah. and there's there's the good old Baldy going, holy crap, <laughs> something that happened 12 years ago actually is awesome to me, and I didn't know it yet oh, absolutely. from yesterday. Oh, so, yeah. man. You, you steered me in the right direction. Yeah, sure, For sure. those of you who haven't seen it, I did a live yeah, uh, last week, uh, Matthew did his, uh, he showed off his first edition classics He-Man with the rock tight ankles, mm-hmm. which if you have gotten the second issue at, or any other version, I bet you nine out of 10 times you're going to get a loose ankle or both loose ankles. And so I ended up buying one and now I am a happy camper because I have a fully solid ankle he-man for the very first time in my collection so there we go there we go yeah all right so uh like share subscribe uh download us on uh, podbean itunes spotify whatever you like listening to uh and until next time until next time